This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Dunks and Discourse, Jamal Murray edition, number 27, here we go. Um, and, and you know what, before we get we get humming too far on this, uh, and, and on Jabari's sentiments, you know, we shared before the show, uh, this is our third, or fourth month um, of getting this podcast off the ground, and it's really flown by, and uh, I just, you know, from Jabari and myself, uh, we, we, we've watched more people download the podcast, subscribe, review, etc. each month, and uh, we really appreciate the support. If you haven't done that yet, please do and uh, keep building with us. Appreciate it, Jabari. How you doing, man? Not bad, not bad. I'm glad you thank the audience for that. Here for that as well. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a nice, nice thing to to know that at least a few people are, are listening uh, every week for sure, for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. It's funny. We I, you know, we actually joked about it afterwards with Varun and, and shout out to you know super producer Varun uh, when he was on with us last week. I, you know, I I said you know flippantly like we would do this you know without the audience, but the truth of the matter is we also love we also love the fact that y'all that y'all are out there listening and and, and vibing along with us. Yeah, and with that, actually, special shouts to uh, at Thomas A Senna or Cena. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how you say that. Um, S E N A because. He's been uh, he's been feeding it to me and he's keep me keep me very aware of uh, my overuse of iconic and overrated and I'll try I'll try to mix up the dialect a bit while I'm shitting on everybody's favorite films. Just call uh, it trash. Call it yeah. trash for me. <laughs> but uh, with that said, like that, what I want to kick it off with today. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to basketball, and that's the thing that's amazing too is we we have not had live basketball since we started this podcast. No, we've just had, you know we've had hopes and prayers and and lots of entertainment you know you know twists to talk about which is which has been fun yeah and obviously we got it going but yeah this is this is exciting yeah and I I think in theory the the recipe for this podcast that we were hoping for was like forty percent basketball forty percent movies television and twenty percent whatever we wanted mm-hmm. we really haven't got to, to to dive into ball the way that we wanted to yet because it just hasn't been happening but excited to see that kind of turning around and and with that. Um, we're gonna start in a, with, with football today, and and Patrick Mahomes getting a five hundred million dollar deal. Um, first of all, congrats to Mahomes and his family. Jabari, what are your what are your instant thoughts here? Man, the first thing I thought was, dude got half a Billy. Like, I mean, look, I recognize he's twenty four years old. He, you know, coming off of a Super Bowl, I understand, but that. I I guess I just didn't necessarily anticipate that ever taking place, or certainly not you know just yet. 
just a few months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Well, no, I know I'm not mistaken. I heard them talking about, oh man, he might get as much as 400 million. It's crazy. And then they went over the top of that, you know, by a long shot. So, hey, props to him. Keep getting them real checks now. Yeah. Um, so, again, I got no issue with Mahomes. This We should just make a weekly segment of Josh Complains About the World. But, like, <laughs> I, I, I do it with love because you know how we've talked about um, people need to start being pro-person and pro-fan rather than pro-player? Because the billionaires mm-hmm. are good and the millionaires are good. Um, someone made a comment that was like, wow. Uh, you know, nurses well, nurses can't do this, but an athlete's getting five hundred million, and people were just jumping down this guy's throat. And and look, I got nothing but love for Mahomes. I think he's awesome. I, someone else posed the question on Twitter, like, how many athletes would you want to sign um, to a ten year deal? Would you feel comfortable? And and there's not many, and he's he's in that class. So there's nothing against Mahomes. And 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 the attacks coming at this individual who who had this initial thought. We're like, well, what about the owners? What about the owners? Yeah, no, we hate them too. Like, Mahomes just made $500 million. I I think there is room for a rational discussion about, like, why would a teacher or a nurse or a fireman or anyone else in essential services, why, from an idealistic perspective, why should any of them have to struggle to pay bills when we can afford that kind of money for athletes and when they're that kind of people, um, you know, handing out those checks? So I'm I'm not anti-athlete. I'm not... I'm happy for Mahomes, but I, I think people who are so quick to defend athletes and millionaires are kind of missing the boat here that this guy just got half a billion dollars coming his way, and he's absolutely part of that equation. So here's the deal. Uh, I can go with you, but only to a certain point. I recognize, and yes, of course, there has to be room for all of those types of discussions, and, and that and that one in particular. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. The reason why that person got that reaction is because in the moment when someone's talking about, hey, look, the, you know, this just took place, if you're going to come across as a wet blanket and just throw that in the mix, regardless of whether you have an absolute fact, factual point, that great point that needs to be made, you're going to get it. So like yeah, I get I get wanting to defend this guy, but he knew what he he knew what he signed up for when he when he decided to throw that in there. And I and, and just to be clear, I'm not coming down on him for having the opinion. I'm not coming down on anybody for thinking like, hey, look, this is gross that this much money is is out there. If you want to have that conversation, that's fine. But if you do it in the moment when somebody is 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 celebrate essentially celebrating uh you know, a, a, a contract, you're probably going to get that response. Yeah, and here's my thing though, like we got to stop coming down on people who are making good points. Just because it doesn't feel like in this moment that you want to have that conversation. we got to stop telling people who want to have meaningful conversations that now is not the time for that meaningful conversation. No, no, no. Like, no. See, that's the thing. If you are just... Okay, so if, for instance, that person just went to their own timeline and said, this is how I feel, you're right. That is the place for that, and that is the exact time. But if you jump into someone else's conversation or someone else's vibe and throw that into the mix, that, no, they have every right to give you that as a response. No, 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 no. He did do that, though. He, he tweeted oh, out from his own... I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying he responded to people that were... You know, no, that no, were, no. He was just saying, uh, he was like... It's pretty crazy that an athlete can make this much money and like people, you know, in the corona era can't pay their bills. And and, and, well, and I'm and again, like this is the thing about o- online discourse that's really stupid because you can be happy for Mahomes, think he deserves it relative to other quarterbacks in his profession, think the Chiefs made a good decision for them as an organization, and still think, fuck, what the fuck are we doing in the world that a twenty four year old's gonna make five hundred million dollars and we've got the highest unemployment rate in Canada and America ever. Okay, you know, yeah, like, no, 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 yeah. For, with that being the case, yeah, 100%. Like, this is my thing. I never quite understood. So now my, you know, now my opinion changes completely, and I'm going to defend that guy. 
I don't understand why folks don't uh, don't get you can scroll past shit if you don't want if you don't like it. You can. It's really easy. If you want to talk about something, or you want to, you know, you know like, uh, you know, be positive about something, or you know, vice versa, be negative about something, and someone else is on a completely different vibe, just let them do them while you do you. And I actually really mean this because this that shit bothers me a lot on the timeline. I, you know, how you do your, you know, you know, this is my moment to complain. I'm gonna have a weekly moment to complain about the timeline. If you if you disagree, it's totally fine to just say, "Hey, we disagree. We don't have to go back and forth and try to like out shout each other down and you know and and make someone feel bad you know badly about making a, a legitimate point like that. Just keep it pushing and keep doing you." My my takeaway from the whole thing about him getting destroyed and people going back and forth on this. My takeaway is that if you are looking at someone who has a hundred million dollars. And exerting your energy in defending their place in the overall societal structure because you're more mad at the billionaires, you are missing the point. You know, $100 million yeah. is someone who can't feed themselves. It, it, like, billions and tr- Mr. Bezos is going to a trillion. It, it's getting beyond, it's, it's beyond comprehension. Like, all of us, all of the people not making millions, not making billions, like, we're on our own team. So stop thinking you're on the millionaire's team. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with this. I get it. And here's the deal. I'm always going to prefer the millionaires to the billionaires, but I'm recognizing what that is stating. I'm not saying that, like, look, I'm not going to cape for any of these guys because, look, they're not going to worry about money in any way the way that I will moving forward. Or hopefully for their sake, they don't. You know, like, I I know it does happen, but I hope it really doesn't. Look, if I have to choose, I'm choosing them, but I'm not, you know, choosing them over reality. And, you, and, you, and, I you get might, where, and I get where you're coming from. The point is people are choosing to defend millionaires on a regular basis. You know, well, Mr. Mahomes, look. all these athletes, they don't give a damn about you. They're making millions of dollars. Like, I, I just, I think there's some confusion with celebrities and with athletes who are like, oh, they're one of us because you see them and admire them. They're not one of you, man. They're, they're, it's just a very confusing thing that you think someone who has a billion dollars is instantly evil, but someone that has $200 million is likable and relatable. And I, I think this line is getting very dicey. So the last thing I'm going to say on it, to be honest with you, is I do need to present this other side of it. Part time, part of the time where I do see people taking up for you know taking up for athletes in particular is because it, and it, I won't even say it seems people have far more vitriol towards athletes when when it comes to what they make and they throw that in their face all the time and that's always what is what is brought up anytime there's anything that goes on in their lives if they have a difficulty if they're like if, if they're expressing that they're struggling if whatever the case may be people will throw that in you'll throw that out there and I'm going to be honest with you I'm not going to say that it's rooted in racism but I will say there's it's rooted in some sort of you know some sort of issue with athletes in particular athletes in particular making a certain amount of money yeah and uh, no I, and you know, there there's all of those elements are present but i i still think people are really missing the mark with this like yeah millionaires aren't allies in the, in this overall conversation of like wealth restructuring and all of that but i mean this this is a bigger conversation we're not going to have it but it is going to segue me to another perspective issue and, and actually st- i mean it's very much still on par nba players tweeting about how Food in the bubble isn't up to their standards. <laughs> has certainly been something this week. And I mean, 
there was a photo yesterday, and I'm trying to think who posted it. It was like it was an NBA player agency. Um, I'll see if I can find it here as we're talking, but it was like an agency that represents players, and it was like, would you eat this? And it was like, was some, it, it was in the great it, photo. Elite, elite yeah, elite media group. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it's like a piece of chicken, which looks fine. It's not a great photo. Obviously, it's not the best looking piece of chicken you've ever seen. Noodles and green beans. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like, would y'all eat this? Like, my God, fuck you. Like, <laughs> chicken noodles and green beans, would you eat this? And people are like, everyday people who work at grocery stores and, and schools and offices who are on NBA Twitter are like, this is trash. I'm like, show me what you eat every night. My, my God, this is such this is such farce. This is such this is an act. It, it's it's preposterous. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was having fun with it because it's fun. It's entertaining. I'm not taking that seriously. The reality is this: no matter what that food looked like, someone was going to say something about it. No matter what the rooms looked like, somebody was going to say something about it, and everybody was going to jump in and pile on. This is a this is indicative of where we are. We've been without sports. We've been without the NBA in particular for the past you know three four months. And folks, and you 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 see the timeline for the last week and a half, two three weeks. It's always just chaotic because people are bored. People are tired of talking about the same things. That's not an excuse. I saw the outrage. I saw the faux outrage, and I saw all that. And it's like, yo, bro. First of all, I would have crushed that chicken. I would have absolutely crushed the chicken, the mashed potatoes, oh. the the all of that stuff. And, and all these people that are lying to themselves, saying that they wouldn't, or saying like it's filth, they're just lying. It's performance art, and I'm yes. sick of it. And yeah. and HP basketball, who mm-hmm. he he we've talked about it before. He he baits the rod a lot, and oh, yeah. he gets but. He made a point that, like, how many people at this point are going to just cheer if there's a corona outbreak and, and are just, like, dying to be like, I told you so. Um, but this isn't going to work. And he got chewed out for it, and it was in bad taste. And, yes, there are some people who are genuinely worried for the players. There are, sure. But he's right. Like, some of the people out there are, like, pretending, like, I, I don't know. They're trying to score points. They're trying to pretend they're like perfectly moral people who are above everything, above entertainment, above food that they would definitely. Eat. It's just gotten ridiculous. And I don't think it's just because of the time. I think it's because there's nothing else and people want to have an opinion on everything and they want to be part of this pack mentality. And it, and again, it's performance art. And man, I am so tired. I'm so glad we're getting basketball back here soon. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I really don't have anything else to add to that to this conversation because it's you know it is what it is. Hey, everybody made it. I personally, I don't care how this sounds. I do genuinely care about them. I do 100% think that they are taking risks. I will still watch it. We we've already established this. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we could have a real conversation about that another time too. Like when people say they care about celebrities, like, do you care about them? No, I care about them as individuals. Like, I don't want like yeah. if it's somebody on the street. If, honestly, if I'm driving past somebody on the street and like they're struggling, I care about that person. I'm not. I'm not saying that every single time I pull over and I go out, but I genuinely have feelings for you know other people. And yes, we do <laughs> care about celebrities more than what we should. But that's not anything new, and that's certainly not something that that's exclusive to athletes. It's actually even worse in other fields. Yeah, see, I'm 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 kind of on the opposite. Like I'm in I'm the care about people, care less about athletes than the average person. But um, and that's fine. 
But but again, I think it's this perspective thing where like now I'm watching I'm watching millionaire NBA players look down on everything that we all eat for dinner every night. I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is gonna. And then it's it's not even them. It kind of makes sense for yeah, NBA for... players who have a like they have a full time caterer or full time home chef. They are used to eating way above. But it's like all the people on the timeline are like, I wouldn't eat chicken pasta and beans. Yeah, they're lying. Come on, lying. man. Come on, you're making me these sick. Are, like, first of all, these are folks that are, eat, that are eating hot dogs and top ramen, and I'm not making fun or making light of any of that. I've look, I've eaten struggle food for years at a time over the course. Hey, look, I'm 41 years old. I got here, I made it, but trust me, in my 20s, I had plenty of that. Oh, so, but, but that said, don't look down upon some you know some grilled fish and some grilled chicken and pasta when you know damn well you're not eating that nicely yourself. Yeah, and I, I don't know, man, I would choose grilled chicken and pasta over a lot of things most nights. Anyway, um, the th- third topic around the sports, but more dealing with, with commentary. Uh, Deshaun Jackson mm. and Steven Jackson. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson had a bit of whoopsie, you know. Uh, th- that's that's my take on it. He, he Is made it a, whoopsie? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me... He said something he shouldn't have. A quote attributed to Hitler. He painted the anti, uh, anti-Jew, the anti-Semitic. Uh, it, it was bad, but then he walked it back right away. Mm-hmm. Walked it back right away. There was an apology. He got got in town with uh, resources, community, whatever. He's seeing what he can do to help make this better. Stephen Jackson, however, jumped to his defense, doubled down, and then tripled down on his own Instagram, saying he hasn't said anything that wasn't true yet. Um, I, I saw you giving some thoughts on the timeline, so take it away. I mean, it's really this simple. If you're quoting Hitler, you're or you're about to say something stupid. Okay, like I, we don't have to. This doesn't even have to be an in-depth conversation. Don't quote Hitler. Don't make. Don't you know, uh, reference his ideologies as positive. Don't brandish all Jewish people or all people of any background, ethnicity, race, uh, religion, whatever the case may be. Don't brandish them as one certain thing. This is these are all the, these are all lessons that we've all learned. But for whatever the reason is, like you mentioned, Deshaun Jackson had some whoopsies, and then Stephen Jackson, not just had whoopsies, then had some footsies and flipsies and whoopsies and all and everything else. And I'm not trying. Body. I'm not trying to let Deshaun Jackson off the hook, but like no, he no, screwed no. up and he instantly tried to make you know to repair that that mistake. Yeah. And like whether you like I, I it's not on me to forgive him or be mad or not be mad. I'm just saying he he knew what he he knew he screwed up. Steven Jackson went the total opposite way here. Um, and, and, and this is the thing that really is like, people were calling, I was like, you know what, why, why does Steven Jackson have a platform right now? Like, that should be it. This, right? Look, like, this is it, one it, of those situations. I, I hear you, but this is one of those situations where, and I know you saw the comment going around. If you care about Steven Jackson and you're his, and you're his people, man, reach out. And I recognize he's a strong-willed individual, very clearly. He's an individual that doesn't back down, very clearly. He's an individual that stands by whatever his feeling is at that time. And I get that. But sometimes, you get, you know, honestly, Josh, if you ever see me going wild like that, which you wouldn't, reach out to me, man. Oh, Seriously. for sure. Reach you, out to if, me. If you know him on that level. If you know him yeah. on that level. But I'm saying if Ryan Russillo or Zach Lowe said that this weekend, uh, the mm-hmm. basketball community would be like, never again. Of course, this guy's out, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make it like I don't even know I don't know what what the the concept the true concept of racism presents a power dynamic. Mm-hmm. So when it's two minorities, I've always been unclear if it's still if it's still racism or just no yeah you know, being bigoted. I'm not I'm not trying to get into university debate with you. But what Stephen yeah. Jackson said was hateful and hurtful to one group of people, and that that would not be okay for anybody else. So I I, I was getting called a racist for saying that Stephen Jackson should be. 
done talking for a bit. Yeah, and that is insane. No, no, yeah, that, we we can end that right now. And if anybody got a problem with you, hit me up on the timeline, Jabari Davis NBA. That's stupid. That's really stupid. The reality is this, I, and this is this is why it bothers me so much. I love Steve Jackson. I loved what he was representing. I really, genuinely appreciated the fact that that um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the the podcast was on Showtime in particular. Being able to open up these conversations the to an audience, a, uh, yeah, all, all, all the smoke. Thank you. Which we we uh, promoted that, that, on this podcast numerous times for being a good show. Exactly, but the reason why it hurts so much is because I don't think that's going to be you know that, that's going to be in existence anymore, especially not on that platform. But th- being able to have those conversations, have that you know, get, provide that type of context, that type of perspective to that wide of an audience, now it just disappoints me that, that we may not get that. Now we'll see what we'll see what happens moving forward. I'm sur- I'm not going to advocate one way or another, but I will state I don't think that show goes on on that on that platform if he stays on it. Yeah, and and I mean, I want to tell a story, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I should, but I want I want to tell a story that just basically there's no place for that in the media. I, I I'll, I'll I'll spare everyone the story, but basically there's no place for that in media. I've been around firsthand where that kind of behavior was taking place, and that person was removed right away from the brand. And I mean that that's how it should oh, be. Like if if yeah. Matt Barnes wants to keep going on all the smoke, he should just get a new host and carry on. And if, if Steven Jackson had come forward and like, I'm not one of those people where you say everyone has said something stupid mm-hmm. because unfortunately, like 90% of hateful things that people say is passed on from a loved one. So I, mm-hmm. I, it, I understand people make mistakes. And if Steven Jackson has said, you know what? I went down a rabbit hole in the internet. I read some things that I shouldn't. I had some people in my ear that shouldn't. I realized I offended. I would have, you know, it would be the same thing I said with Deshaun Jackson. He made a mistake. It's up to him to make make that right for people to forgive him on their own terms. But that'd be it. But to triple down, to, to, to you know, stand on your guns when people are telling you, hey, man, this isn't cool. I, just take a hint, dude. Just take a hint. I'm really interested in seeing what he does moving forward. If he, you know, if, you know, if... If and what that redemption story looks like, or if he just decides, you know what, screw it, I don't, I don't mind not being in the limelight. But either way, uh, like you, I, look, I, I, I do come generally from a place of forgiveness. Um, I, I, you know, from that side of things, I would understand. You know, like if if you're a person that you know of, of Jewish descent, I would understand uh, or faith, excuse me. Um, I would absolutely understand if if you're just like, nope, I'm done with him. But Ultimately, and I and I actually you know, want, wanted to bring this in. I I found perspective from an unexpected source. Did you happen to see the Julian Julian Edelman uh, comment on, or actually video on the timeline? No, but if you gave me a hundred guesses as to which celebrity you got perspective on this issue from, I would have not have guessed. Exactly. Ju- <laughs> That's why I said I actually got perspective. One because I don't really I don't really go to Julian Edelman for my you know, you know for my stances on things because to be honest with you, in the past he's had seemingly problematic uh, you know stances on stuff. But two, he's a patriot, so I never paid attention to him. But yeah, no, basically he came out and he said, and it, and there were some people that were sta- stating that this was performance and or this was just like you know grandstanding or whatnot. But I don't believe that. You know, my take on it was he essentially said, look, I've got, you know I'm Jewish. I you know like, you know this has been my experience, but I understand Deshaun Jackson. You know he he, he he very clearly said some things that were coming from a place of ignorance. Um, he, he didn't condemn him. He said like you know like while he acknowledged that it was wrong, he said, hey, look. You know, like like none of us are perfect. Why don't we do this? Let's meet up. 
I can take you to the Holocaust Museum. You take me to the African American History Museum. Let's have real conversations, the, the, the difficult conversations that people don't necessarily like to have. And again, while some people say, wow. you know, some people thought that that was him, you know, grandstanding or just like, you know, just putting that up, you know, uh, you know, just to you know, be in this moment. And whether that was or was not, I didn't read it that way and I appreciated it. So good on you, Julian Edelman. And I do hope that something positive of that nature can come out of this. Yeah, and I mean, Stephen Jackson's only getting that chance because he's a celebrity. And, and Julian Edelman might only be doing that because it might be half sincere, half crazy, whatever. I'm going to tell you, and, and like this is from my history working politics, which I very rarely talk about on the show, but mm-hmm. you do not change people's hearts and minds by condemning them. Nope. Like, extending the hand right there, which Julian Edelman did, and I don't know what these two celebrities what it is. And, and offering a dialogue rather than saying I hate you is how you change hearts and minds. And, and I know that's not always easy to do, especially if you're coming from the minority that's been, you know, trivialized. For seems, hundreds of years, yes. Yes, yeah. 100%. But, yeah. but that, is, that is if you actually want change and not people hardening and digging deeper trenches, that's, that's how you do it. You, so, so here's the deal on that. You're, you're, you're actually right on that. But I also will say... I understand the fatigue from the other side for, the, for sure. from those of us that have been you know, reaching that hand out and reaching that hand out and reaching that hand out. But I don't want to get off track. Let's keep it on the positive. Julian, Julian Edelman, is, that was awesome. One this is a good con- like, I mean, this is a good conversation, though. Like, yeah. my, young, my younger sister is becoming very um, like socially active, and, and she's very, very liberal. And, um, you know, I had to have a conversation with her where it's just like, don't, don't tell people they're wrong. You know, like, don't yell at people. Because you have to convince those people to, like, share your ideas and vote with you. And, like, again, I, I get where you're sitting in a different chair than I am. And, and it can get tiring to, to be like, why should I have, why would we have to go through this process to get, you know, equality in the grand scheme? But I'm just telling you, like, people just, it, they don't change unless you have that kind of a dialogue. That's I agree it. with that. And the last I'll say on it is, if I, like, look, as a black man, I'm not going to speak for black men. I'm going to speak for myself as a black man. If I look at you and I see that you're actually interested in having some discourse, you're actually interested in, in, in trying to progress or trying to grow from something, I'm more than willing to have that conversation. Oftentimes, honestly, oftentimes most people are not. So in this yes. one, well, I really do hope it does. I really, I really genuinely hope it works out. Yeah, I mean, it just it took a different tone than I thought because you know it is what it is. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of the news and notes around basketball. The other thing is the the Brooklyn Nets. They have basically no players players going to Orlando, so they picked up um, Jamal Crawford mm-hmm. and Michael Beasley um, amongst others. Uh, I I'm so happy because I I think we've talked about this before. Jamal Crawford is amongst the nicest guys I've ever got to interact with in the NBA sphere. Mm-hmm. He's such a good dude. I don't even get in on like the jokes about him chucking. Yes, he's not the most efficient scorer ever, and and like analytics Twitter just hates him for it. But he is one of the nicest dudes, and he loves. Not everyone who plays basketball, I can tell you, I'm sure you know this too. Mm-hmm. Not everyone who plays NBA basketball loves basketball. Jamal Crawford loves basketball. I was really happy to see he got picked up, and I'm 100% rooting for the Nets because in an alternate universe, Michael Beasley is Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant is Michael Beasley as well. Stop it. It is, man. It's I, true. I, I, I know what you're saying, but because we've seen what this universe looks like, it's it sounds ridiculous. But I hear you. I hear you. Um, look, I'm happy for I'm happy for um, 
I'm happy for my man, uh, Jamal Crawford. Like, we've heard on the timeline for the last, what, two seasons now, or it feels like it. You know, when's he going to get signed? You know, it's like you'll... eight seasons. Yeah, you, exactly. Um, I, I really had to sit there and think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's been two seasons. Okay. But anyway, yeah, we, you know, we've talked about it. Um, it didn't necessarily make sense for a lot of teams, but in this exact moment, he's right there ready to go. And like you said, because he's a hooper, because he's not just a guy that's out here because, hey, look, I'm 6'8", so I, you know, this is kind of what I do. He's a guy that literally will be playing basketball in his 60s and 70s or however long you know, his, his body will physically allow him to. He was ready to go. So I don't think they're going anywhere, but I would, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy their games. Yeah, and I, I mean, I usually say like real hooper only facetiously to make fun of people like uh-huh. M-Grads and other jokers on the timeline. But um, he, he is a real hooper, man. Like. Jamal lives and breathes basketball. I'm like, I'm happy he's got he's gonna be going with that team. And if they if they win, if they win any games, it'll be so fun. Like yes. the 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 ride during those games on social media will be so fun. And and on that Michael Beasley point, man, like in college, he was probably as nice or nicer than either Melo or KD. He's got the same type of body KD does. Which 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 outdoor game did he put up like? 70 points his first or second year like wait 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 let's stop this right here he doesn't are you saying that his game is nicer you know is up there with kd's if he just had his stuff together no 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 no. i'm just i'm just saying like i'm just saying like the way that he came out of college and with the frame that he had got it it, in a different world in a yeah in a different world he he's kd like Look, I like Michael Beasley. Like, st- like straight up. Like, he was with the Lakers last year, even though he was a knucklehead, kind of, and seemingly, you know, didn't necessarily get along with everybody. That's why he ended up, you know, unceremoniously off the team. But during the stretch that he actually got to play, I was happy for him. He's a guy that I, I want to see back in the league regardless. It, it, it I... I Look, obviously, I don't. I don't have. I'm not googling him right now, so I don't have like all of his transgressions out there. But for the most part, haven't most of his problems just been related to you know, like, you know, to the drug policy? Like, I, I can't remember him getting into anything crazy or heinous, right? Yeah, I think there were, like, some coaching issues, too. Well, yeah, that. that, that. There but were some personality you know I mean. feuds. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, but, anything, like, crazy, crazy. But, so, but yeah, let's get it. Like, like, yeah, like, I, look, eight games, ten games, twelve games, however many it ends up being, let's you know, let's get him back into the league. And and ten more seconds on Beasley, because that's all mm-hmm. we're going to do. But, uh, I mean, this is a guy who people say is a bust. He still played 600 NBA games, and he averaged, like, 19-7 and seven in his second or third season in Miami. And was the second option on Dwayne Wade's team. So, I, I don't know. He, he's a good player, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no. He, he can go. He can go. Yeah, he, he's a ball. Um, yeah, that, that's going to do it. Let's let's take a break. Talk about our sponsors, BetOnline. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And with that said, I mean we're we're probably a couple weeks away from reading an ad that doesn't involve simulated NBA because I, uh, I cannot we're gonna, wait. We're gonna have real wait. NBA action. I might need uh, I might need you to uh, you know play you know play some of those bets for me uh, you know from from abroad. <laughs> how how is it, it? It's not legal in the states to do all of the. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know. Like I, yeah. it, what's funny is we were talking about this on the you know, and shout out to you know the, the blunt doctor. 
Uh, we were talking about it on a timeline just today, and he and he somebody chimed in with you know like like worrying about the legality of it. I don't know because I've never really done it. Yeah, Canada's never been an issue. And I remember too, like one time DraftKings wanted my ID to prove that I wasn't in like a state where it wasn't mm-hmm. um, allowed. But like in Canada, we got nothing. You can just spend your money however you see fit, I guess. So shout out to Canada <laughs> yeah, well, for a lot of reasons. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll take that as one of our wins. Um, okay, so what, what have you been binging this week? Oh man, just a couple things. All right, so just about done with Hannibal, and again, I cannot re- recommend that one enough. Absolutely fantastic, and to be honest with you, shout out to uh, you know to my guy Luis. He was absolutely right. This is the best Hannibal. Yes, he's better than he's better than um, uh, the, the uh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Thank you. He's better than Anthony Oof. Hopkins, and I was shocked by that because and you know part of that's not fair because you got Anthony Hopkins, you got two movies. Right or yeah, three three movies. I forgot about Red Dragon. Excuse me. Uh, and then this is you know three full seasons worth of stuff. But yeah, I, I actually like this guy playing the character even more. Uh, Mads Mickelson or Michelson. Again, shout out to the listener that will be upset about me mispronouncing that. The other thing I watched was I watched the first season of Thirteen Reasons Why, and I can tell you that's not a show that I would normally watch. But somebody said, "No, trust me. Just give it a chance." And this is what I say. It had the feeling to me, to be honest with you, of like the CW version of HBO's Euphoria. Did you end up watching HBO's Euphoria? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's either for you or it's not, and that's okay. But at, at and, and that was at certain points. But it was legitimately entertaining, and it touches on you know, like kind of like the trials and tribulations of high school life, uh, whether it comes to dating and friendships and such. Uh, but it also addresses some heavy topics like suicide, date rape, coercion, things of that nature. Uh, but it and it also provides disclaimers and resources for anyone dealing with anything right now, uh, or simply in need, of, you know, simply in need to talk to somebody. So beyond being entertaining, I can appreciate what it's what they've at least tried to do for kids and teens, you know, specifically. So if anybody you know likes that type of show, I I do recommend it. Um, yeah, no, I mean I I'm not gonna watch Thirteen Reasons Why. I don't know. I got a, I got a bunch of reasons I'm never gonna watch the show. It's all uh, good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I've still been going through my animes. I've kind of paused on Clone Wars as I work through Avatar and uh, How to Get Away with Murder. I'm just I'm nice. smashing. I think I'm like ten episodes into season two now. Nice. Um, yeah, like I didn't like that they let us know who killed Rebecca so quickly. And since it's in season five, like Bonnie killing her seems sort of uninteresting to me. Um, I did like the Foster Brother edition. I do like the angle with the. The, the kids who were adopted, whose parents are murdered. And, 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 like, there's lots going on. Again, there's lots of questions. They are doing a little bit of what Season 2 and 3 have lost it, where they get so far ahead of themselves with these new questions and these other things that they're not getting back to some of the questions I had earlier. Like, I still want to know, why did Frank owe Sam enough to go kill Lila that night? So stick with it, because certain things are revealed down the road. Yeah, and I'm just like... yeah. We're just get, you're getting me invested in other characters and other plots, <laughs> and you're kind of like, I'm starting to fall out of interest with that. Like you're holding it too long. That's kind of where I'm at a bit with some of it. And also, I, I I do like when I posted on the timeline, I was like, you know, how to get away with murder? Should I, should I check it or not? And people were either like strong yes or like it falls apart in the later seasons and it gets flimsy. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a little bit of that too. We're just like. The character, the character actions are starting to get a little bit unbelievable. Like it, it's, it's getting closer to like the Riverdale where nothing makes sense, and it's just like 
selling you on drama for the sake of drama. There's just no You're, way anyone would ever trust Annalise about anything, and yet they all continue to do it. I think in season four or five, you're gonna get some of that for sure. It, I, if 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 memory serves, season season two wraps up strong. Season three is really good. Okay, well maybe it's like Dexter, and I gotta quit after three. Might have to. Yeah, <laughs> but no, 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 wait, wait. Dexter was after four though. Just want to make sure everybody was four. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah, the Lithgow season is definitely where you gotta end it. Um, okay, uh, movie list. We're going to post this tomorrow with the episode. Uh, we've got a lot of movies on there for you now. Um, to be very clear, because I shared this with a couple people in advance, to be very clear, I went through the last 10 years of movies, listed all the ones that I had watched that I felt confident reviewing. So I, either I'd watched them recently or I'd watched them enough times where even if I hadn't watched them recently, I could review them. If I saw a movie in the last 10 years that I had seen but didn't remember it, I obviously didn't didn't add it to the list. So it's the last 10 years plus any movies Jabari or I have watched recently. We're going to keep adding to it as we go on with the podcast, go on with our lives. I literally keep a running list on my phone. I get four or five movies I added to the list. We've also added in movies that we've talked about on the podcast. So you'll see a lot of stuff from Leo and Brad Pitt and uh, Denzel, you know, guys that we've talked about in the prior few episodes. So, Jabari, I, I said before the show, kind of wanted to go through a few, mm-hmm. and I was laugh, laughing looking at this. We had a bit of a mix-up on the movie Life, because... Yeah, yeah. He, yep. he rated the movie Life, uh, what was it, like an 80? Uh-huh. Yeah, an, an 80, and I, I had Life down from the last 10 years with the alien, life form, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm staring at him like, what did you like so much about that movie? And... <laughs> And it turns out there's two lives, so um, I started adding... Uh, two Americas, people. Two Americas. Yeah, yeah two Americas. <laughs> started adding uh, movie years to some of the ones I knew had a second movie. But um, for, we're each going to go through a couple that we disagree on quite a bit. All the right. first one I want to talk to you about, um, and I was kind of looking like the bottom up here. I had Man of Steel at 66 out of 100. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of the, it, it is probably the DC movie I've enjoyed most to date. Yeah. Um, you gave it a forty-five. What did you hate so much about Man of Steel? I'm not, I don't. You know, honestly, I probably need to go back and watch it. But I did see it. I saw it in the theater. It was like, yeah, no, just no. And, and this, I don't know if I have a DC bias, which I really shouldn't, because you know, obviously, you know, like I, I've loved some DC movies in the past, but I just haven't liked any of their la- their stuff over the last ten years. I just haven't. I, I, I honestly, I really thought like, in general, I think I'm more of a sucker for the origin movie than any movie after it mm-hmm. and that seems to be a theme with all of the superhero ones for me but I, I liked going to Krypton I liked Russell Crowe I liked the little like rebellion on Krypton I thought the fight between him and Zod messing up the city was pretty good I, I thought super I thought Man of Steel was good um, and then everything after has been kind of left me hanging but I, I thought Man of Steel was a pretty enjoyable movie well it, you, you know me I'm always willing to watch something again so I'll, I'll check it out okay so what's the first one of yours you thought I had too high or too low uh, it's draft day, and I don't care. This is a guilty pleasure, so you're damn right. You gave it a 47. I gave it a 70. Now, straight up admit, it's just one of those movies I found myself watching over and over again a few years back. Uh, so we, when they were showing it on, you know, like if it's coming on HBO a bunch of times, I don't know what the hell resonated with that movie, but I do like Costner. It's got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of NFL and college guys sprinkled in throughout. Uh, what about it did you hate? Yeah, see, and <laughs> this is this is a funny thing. As this was on my list too, because we're pretty far, we're twenty three point part on it. Yeah. Um, Key Smith, friend of the show, and Mo Dacko, friend of the show, mm-hmm. um, both love this. 
literally love draft day. And we've talked about this before where they both gone on about how much they love it and all. It's just so stupid. It's not like the plot is <laughs> the plot is dumb. It doesn't even make sense. And like none of it's realistic. Like it would be the everything that goes on with the trades at the end where he, he swings all the picks <laughs> back around and the Jaguars GM's a total dipshit. <laughs> it felt like the league. It felt like the league where like Taco's uh-huh. running a team and they just fleece him. Or like your buddy playing fantasy football or like in a Madden computers on easy doesn't care what he gets back. It was just it just they could have done that same movie with a little bit more like actual NFL executive consultation and made it so much better and more fun and on a whole I just thought that movie sucked. Yeah, they weren't they they definitely weren't going for you know re, you know reality or you know you know reality based you know action. It was like I said, it was just entertaining and, and it probably hits us, you know, being a little bit older, some of those older faces that were in there that we grew up watching in the eighties and nineties. Like like let's be real. It it had all that type of stuff in there. It's like, oh that guy, and, oh that guy, and you know, it's good stuff. I still recommend it, folks. Don't listen to him. Forty seven's too low. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so my my next one was um and I'll quickly add a third because draft day was one of mine too. Um, the intern. Okay. Robert De Niro and Hathaway. This is the movie, you know how we talked about, and I'm going to keep going back. I'm going to okay. keep going back to Tom Hanks' The Terminal until everyone on who's ever listened to this podcast has watched it. But The Terminal is Tom Hanks' secret gym. The intern is Robert De Niro's secret gym. I love this movie. I thought this was like an amazing movie about loss, about... You know, two different generations handling things differently about, like, life just changing. Um, but, it, like, you know, chivalry not being dead and, and honor not being dead. And I, I thought this was an incredible, incredible movie. I gave it 81 out of 100. I think you gave it a 64. Okay. Um, Time out. This is the funniest thing ever. I thought it, I thought when I saw the intern, I thought it was the internship, and you know why I thought you gave it that high mark because it's that shitty, oh, it's that Vince shitty Vaughn. Vince Vaughn movie. I, my bad. <laughs> my oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the intern. I've seen the internship, and the internship sucks. God. Yeah, it wasn't one of his better ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I was sitting there dying as you were talking. I was like, Robert De Niro and Hathaway. What the hell are you talking about? So I had to go. No, man, really the quick. intern's awesome. Like, so Robert De Niro, he's, he, his wife passes away. He's retired. He doesn't know what to do with himself anymore. Uh. So he gets an internship at this like new age tech comedy run by like a power woman who has a stay at home husband with the kid and just like. <laughs> Kind of, it makes a ton of statements about life and the differences between generation and like gender roles and like, really, the intern is one of those movies where if you watch it, you can have about seventeen different like genuine worthwhile conversations with whoever else has watched it. I, I would highly recommend it. I haven't seen De Niro be really, really, really good in a minute, and I don't care that he was in the Irishman. I know that you loved that you loved him in it, uh, so I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna definitely yeah, watch this. I think outside of the Irishman and the Intern, I would agree with you. It's probably been quite been a while a since he had a, a um, standout movie, but yeah, it was very, very good. Yeah. Um, what uh, What else you got? What's next next one? next one for me was El Camino. You gave it. Wait, was that on your list as well? Nope. All right, so you gave it a fifty nine. I gave it a seventy. And my, my I just I'll just ask, what didn't you like about it? Uh, it's just hard to care about Jesse. I, I maybe uh, like that's a me thing, but like okay. I just never really cared to know what happened to Jesse. Like, <laughs> like he, he was such a flippity floppity character. Uh, I'm also I'm also jaded. I don't want to say overrated. 
Thomas uh. must Edward. I'm also jaded because I felt like the last season of Breaking Bad brainwashed the masses and everyone talked about it like it was the greatest show of all time when a large part of the middle chunk of that show was extremely dry. Um, I, 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 the reason I like Better Call Saul better is I, I found, found uh, Gus and Mike and, and Saul... Uh, Jimmy are, are all better characters than Walt and Jesse. So maybe it's just that I wasn't that invested in El Camino, but I'll probably never watch it again. I thought I had the end of it. Well, I get it. It's, especially if you didn't like Jesse as a character, I get it. See, I did like Jesse as a character, and I did see him as a somewhat sympathetic uh, figure, even though, yes, he was an idiot, and yes, he he got himself into you know a lot of the, a lot of the issues that he you know w- you know wound up in. I did like it, and you know, like like the Deadwood film, it actually it did actually kind of satiate and satisfy that itch for me. In fact, well, I guess it didn't satisfy it because I was still left wanting more. Uh, so I would, I guess I was just surprised by that rating, but it makes sense now that I know that you didn't like Jesse. It's funny, I, sh- I should add the Deadwood movie to this because I haven't done that. But on the Deadwood movie, I thought the Deadwood movie kind of sucked, mm-hmm. but I was still just happy to see it yeah. because I loved the show. You just and maybe, wanted more. maybe if I loved Breaking Bad like that, I would have felt the same way, but I didn't. That's all good. What's your next one? Um, my last one was uh, Interview with the Vampire, the Vampire Chronicles. <laughs> I, I, I found out about this movie late. I want to say I saw it like four or five years ago. Oh. I saw Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in a movie about vampires, and I was like, wow, this is going to be amazing. How have I never seen this? How could you possibly make a bad movie with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise? But they did it. Um, I gave it a 51 out of 100. It was slow. It was dull. Uh, Brad Pitt is like, his character is very droll and uninspired. I, I can't believe that you gave this a 67. And that's not even that high. I just, what did you like about this movie? I keep in mind I didn't just see it four years ago. I saw it in real time with you know with everyone else that absolutely enjoyed it. It like my generation still thinks this is a good movie. I don't care about I don't care about you young bucks talking about our stuff. No, look, I acknowledge it's not it's not the greatest of uh, of of it's not the greatest of movies. The characters aren't necessarily as compelling as I would have liked them to have been, especially you know uh, from the you know from the books you know from what I've heard they are you know they 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 kind of left a lot left a lot out there. But I will say this: I still think it's entertaining. I think it's fun. Um, uh, you know, it was I, I, not I, fun. What happened? It was. It was not fun. I thought it was. <laughs> I like, absolutely. Young Kirsten like Dunst was not fun. Oh, well, I, you know, you know what's funny is <laughs> she was like the one part of the of the movie that I didn't like because I was always like, "All right, man, I've had enough of the kid. Get rid of the kid." <laughs> and it, it got a sixty three percent in Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not like people loved it. No, but I can I can absolutely assure you there will be people that say no no that was a good movie. It's not for everybody, but you know for my generation in particular, I guarantee there's going to be more people that liked it than uh than necessarily people that just watched it three four years ago. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so my last one was Drive. We talked about it a little bit last week. You gave it a sixty two. I gave it a seventy four. I will openly admit. I'm a sucker, and you know this. I'm a sucker for anything that's actually set in real L.A. and not just like just a couple, you know, a couple blocks down, you know, like you know, downtown or on a set that you know is made to look like L.A. This is this goes all over L.A., all across, you know, downtown, all across, you know, even even you know, to South L.A. It's a lot of fun, a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I I'm, I appreciated the fast pace. You know, I, you know, of course, it's got the standard, you know, action and even you know, you know love interest of the mysterious bad boy element. So. What didn't you like about it? Was it a matter of like, were you, were you, was this one of those ones where you were preemptively annoyed by the hype? Yeah, this this is another one of those movie ones where movie buffs swear by it, and I mean, there the 
the violence in it didn't bother me that much. Like there, there were. It, it, I guess it fit the storyline, and I, I kind of liked how it went from zero to one hundred. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of part of the theme in a couple scenes there. But man, I just again, it's like a movie with no characters that I care about, and I just I didn't think he like he doesn't even have a name in the movie. He's just like a, a guy. Yeah, that's doing the point. Stuff. But like, and 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 like Carrie Mulligan's underused. Like I, I just. I, I don't know. I just I didn't care about anything in the movie, so I'm just kind of watching it, and I, that's not a that's not the experience that I genuinely get excited about. You know, I yeah, I, I'm learning more about you, and I actually get that. Um, you're definitely seemingly more character you know character driven. Uh, you you need you need some buy in. I I appreciate you know character you know, character driven movies as well, but if it's if it's well done, like an perfect example, like Extraction, we talked about that. That's not a good movie, but it was damn entertaining. And it, it, it did its job. For me, that for me, Drive did that as well, just obviously in a different way. But even even in Extraction, which is like, I think is a good example here, where we have this like PTSD, uh, has lost his kid, right? Um, Something like that, yeah. Soldier. There was still more backstory for this guy. Like he still had a love interest. He had a bit of a past. We got some flashbacks. Like. I actually cared about his character more than Ryan. Gosling. Like he gave me something to give a shit about, and the kid I wanted to get out of there. It's just like Drive was just, yeah. Eh. I it's, think that's just happening. I really think that was the point, though. Like it was supposed to be that, like chaotic. Uh, he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be mysterious. You're not supposed to get invested in him. He's just the driver. Like, People will say that a lot. Like that was the point. I, and I, I always, I always think that's a bit of a cop out in like a, in a movie discussion. Like I get. No, but you know, film is subjective. It's not like sports where there's an objective answer, so that's fine. But for me, I want to be sold on an experience and a redeemable character, and and that's what I go to a movie for to see, like the life, the struggle, etc. And when and when you present me with, you know, spew and just expect me to be invested because it's art, then you're you're not going to keep me. And and maybe maybe that's a me thing, but I just I think that's. That's maybe my problem with a lot of these movies that I probably have lower than you do. I think I think that is the case. In which, like I said, that's okay. I, you know what? Shout out to you, Thomas. I know you're going to be with me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I just feel okay. like those are like the favorite things of people to say who don't really want to give you reasons why they love a, a movie. It's that was the point, and no, uh, the it, other one was like it was shot so beautifully. No, but in and this I'm case, like, that's not what I'm doing. Like, I, I genuinely believe, like, it was on purpose for this. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. I'm just saying, like, in, in general, I feel like I hear that a lot. Um, yeah. I'm just trying, like, so I think we both hit, like, some ones we majorly disagreed on. Um, I'm interested because you, on general, in general, are usually a little bit higher than me. Mm-hmm. But I have Jerry Maguire and Hell or High Water tied as my top two at 97. You don't have anything over 93. Um if we had, if what's your favorite movie of all time? Because we probably haven't added it yet. Man, do the right thing is up there. Um, Unforgiven is up there. Remember, I like westerns, which is why I can't wait to have that next conversation. Um, westerns is going to be Monday. Yeah, Un- Unforgiven is up there. Uh, it, you know, you know how it is. Like I can, I could give you five right now, and then I can name probably another five later on. But, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily know that there's a perfect movie. Um, I did not realize that I hadn't had anything over ninety three. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, someone said on the timeline this week, and they were like, "Fact: Clint Eastwood can't act." 
and <laughs> it was like a twenty-something-year-old kid, and and that's and people liked it. And this is this is this this showmanship on Twitter uh-huh. because because he's a white Republican curmudgeon, yes. and, and that bleeds into his film. But you can't tell me he can't act. Okay. Are you kidding me? Are Look, like <laughs> I don't like Clint Eastwood anymore. But I love Clint Eastwood movies. Okay, let's stop. Yeah, as a human, you don't have to like them, but like, let's not lie. Yeah, yeah no, that's what, that's what that's why I, that's what exactly yeah. why I phrase it that way because it's like, come on, man, stop. Man. Yeah, there's some you know stuff about Michael Jackson, but the man can sing. You can't just be like, oh, he can't sing. Yeah, like we. Well, yeah. I mean, he can fucking sing. Like, I mean, yeah. let's, you, let's focus on the conversation if you want to have that conversation. But like, people always do that. It's like, no, nah, man, you can't. Like, that doesn't work. You got to get. Doesn't even help the conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think that's going to about do it for us today. If you haven't liked, rated, reviewed the show, subscribe. Please do that. Uh, shoot us a message. Like we were just talking about, we're going to do five favorite westerns um, for Monday's show. So we'll have that form up the next couple of days. Uh, thanks again, and we'll see you Monday.